This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett. We got him for a couple of segments. Morning, Chuck. How you doing today? Well, I'm doing all right, guys. How are you doing? Doing well, thanks, man. Thanks. Listen to uh, listen to the uh, Eric Musselman live show. Uh, I listened to it this morning. Uh, that was aired last night um, on these ESPN Arkansas affiliates, and uh, <clears throat> it really it was a really interesting show. Um, you know what I what I gather from it, Chuck, is that uh, there's like um there's like a, an open sign, open hiring jobs on the front door of Arkansas basketball right now. And, and I think what they're hiring for is playing time and guys that want to D up. Well, you know, it was interesting to hear him break down some of that stuff. And, and I thought some of the things he said were interesting, too, about how, you know, the statistical analysis that they're going to go through over the course of the next several days and on into the next couple of weeks and, you know, using that to determine who's going to play, what roles they're going to play. I mean, um, you know, right down to, I mean, he said last night, you know, we can tell you every three-point shot that's been made against us, and, you know, we're looking at who the guy was, how far away he was from the shooter when the ball left his hands, and they're, they're really trying to, you know, break it down as much as they can, and I think we know who the guys are going to be. I mean, he's gone 10 deep, and, first halves of most of the games. I mean, we know who the guys are going to be, or at least who the candidates are. And I think what we're talking about right now is rotation and who's going to start. Um, you know, there's um, – I'm sure the next three weeks are going to be very interesting in that regard. Chuck, I always, I always like my point guard to to see the floor, be able to assist the ball. Who, who do you think that is? Who, who, who is our floor general this year? Because I don't know. Last year it was Anthony Black, and usually Coach Must knows who the guy is. Who, who's going to be the guy this year? I'm not sure that that's not one of the questions they're trying to still figure out, Matt. I, I think I think that's a that's a question that they're still you know they're still looking at. There have been times, and here's the thing: there have been times when you know, there were two or three guys that were, you know, that looked like they were legitimate candidates. And then there have been other times when maybe not so much. Um, they've not had that link offensively or defensively on the point. And I think that more than any, well, I shouldn't say more than anything, but at least part of it is just the rhythm of the offense. The point guard really... You know, he's he's the one that directs the metronome, so to speak. And I mean, he's he's the one that develops that rhythm. And um, there's more to it sometimes than meets the eye. And I just don't feel like that. They feel like at this point they're they're where they need to be there. It it also sounds like, and when you watch it and then hear uh, must talk about it, you know, we'll, we'll focus on <clears throat> well, we're not getting enough assists. That it's on the point guard at times. But there was a lot of stationary basketball, right? Yeah, just a lot of state. I mean, a lot of ISO against Oklahoma. It didn't necessarily work out very much. But it's not just on the point guard. I mean, and it sounds like they're trying to go back to some of the fundamentals of some of the previous teams, which, which you know, we would hear must talk about how many passes per game, and you know, there's more dribbling I think right now per game. Oh yeah, I mean, there was one half. I don't recall the game. 
They had 99 passes and one assist. Um, and then there have been other games, and we just saw one, where it seems like there's a lot of dribbling. Now, part of that's Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Oklahoma's really good. I, I, I think the consensus coming out of that game from, a, from frankly, an Arkansas perspective was they're, they're better than maybe we thought they were. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's an issue right now. You look at the thing in their six wins, they've averaged 15 assists per game, and in their four losses, they've averaged seven. Um, so that tells you a lot right there. Yeah, you you, you got to move the ball and pass, but we all know that if this team doesn't play better defense, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's going to start on that defensive side of the ball, and uh, we, we we look a little small out there. Uh, I, I wonder who's going to be our who, who's going to be our guys because if you said, "Hey, man, let's let's get three stops in a row," I don't know that we have a unit out there that you trust to get three stops in a row. Well, you're right. I, I mean, right now, what's 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 going on is you know Devo's guarding their best player, and you know, I just have to be honest. There's a pretty big drop off after that, and um, it doesn't mean other guys don't have spurts where they're playing well defensively. But I don't know that there's been that consistency there. Um, you know, what I saw um, Saturday was a team that just couldn't stop the ball, and that's the most fundamental part of defense. Everything, if you can't stop the ball, you're going to give up layups or you're going to give up open three. And that's pretty much what happened Saturday. And um, that, that, that to me, you know, part of that's being connected. When, you know, you, you're not going to keep the ball in front of you every time. There are going to be times guys drive around you. And that's where the connection of a defense comes into play. And um, there's still a work in progress in that area. Here's the thing that I, 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 I wonder about when I look at them. Um, battle. Ellis. I'm not picking names out necessarily to pick on someone, but I'm saying that these guys were scorers where they were before. And very frankly, when they entered the transfer portal and everybody was looking at them, it was because of their ability to score. And sometimes you've got to, you know, you've got to coach that defensive mindset into a player. And honestly, I think some of that's going on right now. And we may not, you know, we may not, we may not see at the end of this three weeks who those guys are, but we may see who they aren't. And because those guys aren't going to be playing anymore. Because here's the thing, at six and four, you don't have the luxury of a two and four start in conference play. You know, when you're nine and one through ten ball games or you get through your twelve non league games, eleven and one or ten and two, you can start three and three in the league. Still bounce back. You can start two and four in the league, still bounce back make the NCAA tournament, and you start doing the math. I mean, when you're six and four, and, you know, you've got, I guess, what, three before you open conference play, um, you better win them all. Because, um, you know, you're going to lose some games in the SEC. There's just no way around it. And you mentioned you mentioned Battle and Ellis. These guys are in the, I think each of them, their fourth or their fifth year. So, you know, it's not like they can't improve in, in whatever areas. They're still college basketball players, but maybe in their minds, you know, they've been a certain kind of player for the previous four years and maybe a little difficult to change some of those habits uh, as, you know, as you're already, quote unquote, a veteran of college basketball. That's what makes Layden Blocker for me so interesting. And you talked about it with him last night. I think anybody that's watched 
even half the basketball games that Blocker's played in, he stands out in the in the way that he plays, the energy that he brings. So there's a little rawness there, but there's a lot to work with. And it feels, you know, the, the more there's some struggle defensively and the more Musk talks about we're not stealing the ball enough, um, the more I start to feel that we may have to, we may be watching Layden Blocker develop <laughs> on the court, you know, a lot more than in practice as you get into the SEC schedule. Well, he reminds me of Devo yep. when he was a freshman. Um, you know, Devo got on the floor because of his intensity, you know, his intensity on the defensive end. Um, there were liabilities in some other areas, and they lived with him because of his intensity on that end. And I see some of that in Blocker. I, now, I'm going to be honest. I think Blocker's got a higher ceiling offensively. But the guy plays hard. Um, he brings an energy to the game. Something's going to happen when he's on the floor. You know, he's uh, he's going to make something happen. I don't know that it's always going to be good, but something's going to happen when he's out there. And you need guys like that. And I, I think that um, I think the sky's the limit for him. And you know, we may see him develop even more as we go on this year. Chuck, I want to ask you a, a football question, if you, if if you don't if you don't mind, uh, just as a sports sure. as a sports fan uh, with with the Heisman this year and and Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman, uh, there there's been some people. I think Phil's even said. I know Bill Bill said it that he was the most exciting player in college football. Were you uh, in agreement with uh, with the Heisman this year? Well, I didn't get really you know all that pumped for it this year because I I don't think that. And I say this respectfully, but I don't think there was a guy that stood out head and shoulders above the others. Um, you've got to give out the Heisman Trophy. I mean, you've got to award it. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I think I think Daniels was probably the most deserving. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that uh, I think there have been better Heisman winners. I, I I don't know how to say it, and I, I'm not knocking Daniels. I think he's a really really good player. I do think he deserved the trophy, but. Um, you know, I think back to the Florida State game early in the year for LSU, and um, you know, we, we we tend to forget some of the things guys do early, and you know, we wait for that Heisman moment later in the year. Now, the one thing that I do like about it, I'm glad we've gotten away from this best player on the best team, thing. right? Uh, the best quarterback on the be- you know, the starting quarterback on the best team. I'm glad we've gotten away from that. Because I do think he was the best player in the country this year. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, winter seasonal beers, eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Chuck, let's get into uh, get into some football here. Uh, Taylor Green commits to Arkansas, quarterback from Boise State. Uh, from what I read, what I see, looks like he's very raw, but incredibly talented. And um, I guess we're just waiting on KJ now. We've been waiting for a little over a week. 
Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how that plays out, obviously. And, um, you know, this this quarterback, I mean, i got to be honest. I didn't realize when I first, you know, heard about him and saw the numbers, you know, what a what a terrific athlete he apparently is. And I know the people at Boise have talked about how, you know, there's a ceiling for him that he's not even approached yet. He's going to have an opportunity to work with a really good quarterback coach. And that's only going to make him better, I would think. You know, theoretically, um, what it's going to mean for KJ? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of like everybody else. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to say. I wonder what's taking so long because, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that come into play. But um, it will be interesting to see if, you know, we hear something in that regard over the next day or two, or at least before the week's over. Yeah, KJ will be somewhere leading the line somewhere. He's a, he's a college quarterback. I don't know that he can play. I don't know if he's going to play on Sundays. You know, go to the CFL or something. It's it's it's. But he's a, you know, you see a guy like Sam Hartman that that goes to Notre Dame. He can't play on Sundays, but he's a he's a heck of a college quarterback. And college quarterbacks, Chuck, I think Gabriel in the in the in the warp zone as we're calling it going to Oregon. I think Oregon's going to be a playoff twelve team next year. I think uh, I, I like that kid out of Oklahoma that that went to Oregon. Well, he seems to fit into what they do. You know, when you look at what they've done in terms of their style and the way he plays, it certainly seems like, you know, that's a good fit. Now, obviously, you got to go out and, you know, throw it to your guys instead of their guys, but um, he's going to have plenty of chances to do that, I'm, I'm sure, at Oregon. The thing about this portal now, though, is that, you know, the NIL, the money, is what throws – the dynamic into it that's just not been there before. When we think about the things we've always thought about when a player transfers, playing time, enhancing their draft stock, um, all those things that have made perfect sense and have been at the heart of most every player's decision to leave over the last 10, 15 years, not that way anymore. It's not just that, I should say. There may be some players, you know, for those guys it's still that way, but the NIL component is a very big part of this equation. And I don't think Dylan Gabriel, I'm just going to be honest, Dylan Gabriel didn't go to Oregon just because it was a fit. Dylan Gabriel went to Oregon because the money was right and it was a fit. Um, they're both equal, I think, now in this day and age. And so um, I think all that comes into play. And you know, I'm I'm anxious to see what this quarterback we've got's like, and I'm sure wherever, if it's here, if it's somewhere else, if it's here. We already know what KJ's like. If it's somewhere else, I'm sure they're going to be anxious to find out too. But um, I do think that NIL component is is uh, it's just such a major part of the portal too. Now, now they pay every quarterback, Phil, Chuck. They like so. So we're talking NIL. Where it's not just starters, right? Like so, everybody that comes in, everybody's getting something, right? Is, everybody's getting something. Yeah. I don't think there's a single player on scholarship that's not getting something. Now it, uh, I mean, it varies, but no, everybody on scholarship getting something. I mean, they're, um, you know, it's it's. Um, now, whether or not they're using their individual name, image, and likeness, I don't know. But, um, no, everybody's everybody's getting something. Well, that's what it feels And it feels like it's not just the quarterbacks. It's just those are the ones that, uh, you know, are making the most money. You know, when you get Matt Rule throwing out one and a half to two million dollars for, for a good quarterback in the portal, and then a week later, 
there's over 100 quarterbacks in the portal. Look, I know not all of them expect to make $1.5 million, but <laughs> these two things go together. That's why, that's why Kyle McCord gets into the portal. I mean, there's somebody behind him, but why wouldn't you try to stay at a place like Ohio State? But he had a decent season. You go find somewhere else to play, you expect to make more money. Same with Dylan Gabriel. I, I feel with, with at least the, what you can call a big-name quarterback in college football, Chuck, it feels like it's like 90% about NIL. You know, he may be right, and, you know, it's it's not every quarterback's getting that kind of money. I mean, he, you know, he he did say for a good one. There are a lot of guys out there that can't command that. You know, on, on, on that kid from Ohio State, I may be speaking completely out of turn on this. My understanding is Nebraska is the leader for him based on what I read. Did he leave Ohio State of his own accord, or did he get cut? Right. I don't know the answer to that question, but why do you leave Ohio State for Nebraska? You going to tell me there's more money in Nebraska than Ohio State? I mean, I'm not saying that's where he's going. I'm just saying that's what I read. And what I read, I thought, again, I don't mean to speak out of turn, but my first thought was, did he leave Ohio State of his own accord, or did they tell him they were going in a different direction? Yeah, I, kind of, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, it'd kind of be like A.J. Green, right? Like, I mean, he's probably going to make a, a lateral move, but probably not be in the SEC. But he's a talented running back, you know? He, he, he's, a, he's a really good running back. Well, well, A.J. will play somewhere. I don't know where. Um, I don't know if it'll be in the SEC. I have no idea. Um, you know, A.J. AJ's married, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, I mean, he's 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 got... He's he's got some responsibilities there too beyond just just football. I, I don't I don't think I'm speaking wrong on that. I think he is one of them that is. So I mean those are uh, you know those are things that come into play too. The school that I don't get that apparently has this 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 the nil money to play with and a collective and they've got one of the smallest enrollments in the SEC. But I mean, you just look at some of the players that are visiting Ole Miss, and they're getting they're getting guys, they're getting starters. They got Chris Paul. They're having Walter Nolan visit from Texas A and M. Who knows if he chooses them or not? But I mean, he's from Tennessee. That's the one that doesn't quite make sense to me, Chuck. It's the, you know, and I understand uh, Kiffin was uh, was like blasting the portal. It ruins culture and everything. But he also understands that you got to play the game. And it seems to me like if you're looking at value for what you're getting and the results, uh, Ole Miss may be the best NIL program in the country. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm really not familiar with what they're doing down there. I know they got Chris Paul. And um, I know Kiffin's a guy that commands a lot of attention. Um, you know, we've, you know, us and other schools had other starters come in to visit too. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're doing there. But they, uh, um, you know, I'm sure they're aggressive, just like everybody else is right now. Well, people get really surprised by the amount of money that's in college football. What was your what's your react? Now I understand uh, with with Otani with Shohei Otani this uh, this contract like most of it's being deferred. Six hundred eighty million of the seven hundred million are being deferred, but still, what's that mean? Like just like they're going to wait till next year before they pay him anything? He's going to make two million dollars per year during the length of the contract, and then he gets the rest of it after that. But this is I mean sixty eight just- million a year. Sixty-eight million a year after that is what I read. I think <laughs> it's an insane amount I mean, of that's money, incredible. especially for a DH. 
Chuck, it feels to me like the Dodgers could be ready. I mean, they're going to have all this money to play with to get under the luxury tax while they have him playing there. Uh, They may be about to go in a run. Who knows? Well, I know that the decision to sign Otani goes beyond baseball. I mean, this is there's 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 a lot of business involved in this, and um, Otani's an international star. Um, I read this; just it really puts it in perspective for me, anyway. In LeBron James's entire NBA career, he's made five hundred twenty-three million dollars. That's a lot of money. Otani's going to make seven hundred million in ten years. Or at least, you know, that's the life of the contract. He's chosen to defer some of it. But you don't pay that kind of money to a guy that's just a star in the United States. That's, a, that's, that, that's, that's worldwide money. And um, there's a lot more to this than baseball. I happen to think, as unlike a lot of Mega Bucks contracts, I actually think this is a bargain for the Dodgers. I think they'll reap far more than $700 million out of this over the course of the next 20 or 30 years. They're growing their brand beyond the borders of the United States. They're growing baseball's brand beyond the borders of the United States. And, and um, I think that uh, they'll reap a huge dividend from this, and they may be ready to go on a run um, because we've not seen one like this guy before. They they learned from, from the experience. Well, it's a different ownership and everything, but it's the same thing with Fernando Mania. Like, they became... Mexico's team. I mean, that's just one country. This is a little bit different. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. I think I read where Otani had made the Angels $40 million per year uh, just on the merchandise and ticket sales. That was it. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think you're look right. Look at the crowd. Go back and watch a replay of an Angels game. Just look at the crowd when they pan to the crowd. It's a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It is a phenomenon. And um, there are a lot of Japanese-Americans in that area. And he is their idol. He is the one that they look to. And they will come watch him play, whether they're baseball fans or not, because he represents a very proud nation. And that's why I say I just think his value goes far beyond what he does on the baseball field. Chuck, uh, I want to ask you an NFL question. I'm, I, I was telling Phil, I'm selling Kansas City stock. I don't think uh, Kansas City, will. they're going to get it done this year. But I know you're a Cowboy guy. Is uh, are, are they just building you up to break you down? To, but what do you think Dallas is going to do? They're going to be in the hunt. I mean, look, it's there's 17 games now. You know, by the time you get a couple of open weeks in, I mean, you, you, you played almost five months of a regular season, and there's going to be an ebb and a flow. And There have been times this year where I thought the Niners would be in the NFC, hands down. There were other weeks I thought, you know, it might be Philly. Um, right now when I look at it, I see the Cowboys and the Niners playing in San Francisco uh, with the winner going to the Super Bowl. Now that may change next week, and a lot of it's going to be based on who's playing well then. But I think Dallas is a contender. I think they're legit. I don't think they're the favorite. But I think they're one of two or three favorites. 
Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bring on Dudley Dawson from Hogville.net. Uh, Dudley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you guys? Doing all right. Doing all right. We're sort of waiting for, I feel like I'm waking up always waiting for announcements uh, on, on social media from student athletes. And if you don't get any, if you don't get multiple announcements per day, you wonder what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Twitter or X or whatever it's called now has become a uh, a must watch. Uh, uh, I mean, obviously these kids go through that a lot. Go through their their Instagram uh, and different things. Very rarely do they, uh, you know, is it a surprise because you've got so many people that are jumping in the portal. And I'm I'm reminded of that uh, phrase. It may be from the seventies. Uh, maybe a little later. I don't know. Don't don't hate the player, hate the game. Well, this is the game now, and it's how it's played. And, you know, whether it's fans, coaches, or players, everybody has, has to deal with what's going on. Dudley, did you watch that uh, NBA in season championship? Did you did you see any of that? Absolutely, watched a whole lot of it. Uh, did not like the team that won at the end, but uh, <laughs> you know, I would rather the team been wearing green. Uh, as in the Celtics, but uh, I thought it was rather entertaining. Uh, now, it is certainly not the banner that I want to raise at the end of the year, but uh, certainly I thought it was thought it was entertaining. It's going to take a while for it to, to get up to the uh, the level of soccer, though, and they're in season tournament. Right. Yeah, Anthony Davis, man, he, he can put on a show, but I, that being said, when you see LeBron and AD, what they did uh, by attacking the paint, that's what I thought Oklahoma did to, to Arkansas uh, the the other night they they played uh, they played more downhill. Uh, you, you know who who are some guys you think on this team, Dudley, that can that can play downhill and uh, can kind of you know take that leadership role. Well, you know that's that's an interesting question. The uh, certainly uh, there were some fireworks and theatrics over there uh, Saturday in Tulsa, uh, but the overall thing was I thought they shot way too many three pointers. Uh, you know this the team the program last year the team. You know, got to where they had to go to the rim all the time. They couldn't shoot very well outside. They were shooting well outside. I mean, you look at guys like Mac and Battle and some of those guys, they can get downhill, but they're going to have to have better production from the inside guys. Uh, not necessarily talking about Trayvon Brazil, but, uh, Graham and, and, uh, Mitchell, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to get more out of them, both offensively and defensively. And, and I do think that. Uh, we have watched this uh, this TV series several years now. Uh, you know, I have trust in in Coach Musselman that he'll get these things worked out because that's what he's done in the past. There's been you know, a history history and a body of work there. 
But it was, you know, it was not good Saturday, even though I, I think Oklahoma was much better than I thought they were going into the game. What's the Eric Musselman TV series called, Dudley? Is it Life with Muss, is that good? And it's got to be quick. It's got to be pithy. It's got to be something that you can buy into. I think Life with Muss would work. Something like that or Breaking Bad and Ending Glad, something like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that, see, I mean, that, that, that's kind of what I, I – I, I want to trust coaches' track records. That's the way I've been with Dave Van Horn. You know, if, if it looks like the team's going to struggle defensively in the field over the first month, well, you rest assured that's not going to stay like that. And the track record speaks for itself. It's the same with the pitchers. Um, and that's, that's, that's the way I feel about defense with Muss. I just, when I, when I hear him talk about it, I, I don't know if he believes that he's got those pieces to play defense the way he wants, though, necessarily. Um, that, that, that is one thing I wonder about. Uh, but, you know, Ellis, Battle, um, they're not just going to grow. <laughs> they're not <laughs> as long and as, le- at, and as athletic as last year's team. Right. It's going to have to, he's going to have to go at it a different way. And, and, and it's still going to be defensive-minded. I mean, that, uh, we can look around at the game yesterday and, and certainly some others that, that they've lost. And the key, I think, has been the defense, not the, not the offense. They can score enough points. But when you're just, uh, you know, when you're just playing, you know, make it, take it, which it seems like sometimes, you know, you go ahead and get your shot. Sometimes it's looked like an NBA All-Star game. That's not what he wants for, for sure. We talk about success and, you know, whether it be in football, basketball, baseball, a lot of times we talk about offense. But, you know, as they always say, uh, you know, defense wins the championships, and that's not just in football. How key is Layden Blocker going to be to this team? Because watching him, you feel like you want him to get more minutes. I think Musk wants to get him more minutes. Uh, I think that's going to happen in, in the near future. Uh, part of it's going to be, you know, if he can uh, assist a little bit more often. Uh, and if he can stay out of foul trouble, and that's a big if for any freshman playing defense in the SEC. But it does feel two players I think watching now that feel really key to me for the for the, for this team to succeed are Layden Blocker and Jalen Graham. I think that is a pretty good point. Now, I've been watching uh, Layden since the eighth grade, and uh, by the way, his brother's pretty good as well. But been watching him since the eighth grade. He's always risen to the level of competition and always become better than most of that competition, whether it was in high, junior high, high school, AAU ball, uh, prep school. And you can see you can see the potential there. I know that they want to bring him along and get him as many minutes as they can. I think they run better. The offense runs better, and there's more movement when he is the point guard. I think he's really the only true point guard on there. We, we seem to have this discussion every year about a true point guard. Obviously, Anthony Black was really good in that role last year. But uh, you've got to facilitate. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big thing with this team. Everybody on this team believes they have a great shot. Now, the percentages will tell you that they do in some games, but others they don't. But you've got to put yourself in situations where these are good shots. Uh, you know, you mentioned Talia Scott. I thought that uh, Coach Neighbors made a pretty good point uh, after Thursday's game, or maybe it was Sunday's. The uh, she now she no longer takes hard shots. She looks for for uh, you know another closer shot or another three pointer in a different way. She's not trying to get her points by by volume. She's trying to get them by smart shots. And you know, I think that's something that you know will translate to the to the men's team. If they continue to do it, they've got plenty of scores. They just got to have somebody help help stop the, the basket. And I'm telling you, I go back to this over and over, and people probably get tired of hearing it. But 
any time a opposing team is able to go to the rim without any interference, uh, without any pain, it uh, it pains me as an Eddie Sutton disciple and an Owen Richardson disciple. Uh, that end of the court has to be has to you just where you've got to show your toughness, and I don't think that's happening right now. No question. If we don't play play better defense, this team's not gonna gonna go very far. Uh, Dudley, I want to ask you a football question. We you know we, we lost our two best players. If you look at it, if, if Rocket Sanders and Chris Paul uh, leaving in the in the warp zone, but we just got a, a kid from Boise. What do you know about the, the the quarterback from Boise? I've watched some tape, and he has outstanding potential. He's had games, including the bowl game, where he's been the best player on the field. He's had other games where he's you know a developing passer. Uh, you, I think you know full well that uh, it takes an all-around game uh, in the SEC. Uh, you have to get the most out of your potential. The one thing I would never worry about, I may question some of Bobby Petrino's decisions, but one thing I've never worried about is his selection of a quarterback. And this is his guy. He's going to take him and whatever else he has in the quarterback room. And, and you know, it, it seems strange that uh, this kid would commit and, and uh, KJ stay around. I know there's going to be a KJ in the quarterback room. I just don't know how many, you know, whether it's Jackson, Jefferson, uh, you know, they're going to have a couple or they're going to have one. But this kid is obviously somebody that uh, BP likes a lot, and uh, you can see the potential there. They got a, a linebacker out of Georgia on campus today. Um, you know, I mean, do you, do you feel Arkansas is going to get close on some of these guys that they that they that they want? You know, I mean, you, it's not that the, you don't want you know the tight end Paskey out of Eastern Michigan, um, but I do I do like seeing other SEC players coming into Arkansas uh, because there's just a certain kind of athlete that plays here in this league. It doesn't mean you'll succeed, uh, but it means you probably have the athletic ability to do it. You think they're going to get close or at least land some of these guys? Well, better, and that's the quandary, isn't it? Do you, do you go after uh, G5 players that have Power 5 offers that the other Power 5 teams are going after, or do you go after Power 5 guys that only seem to have G uh, offers, uh, you know, G5 offers? That's the quandary right now. You've got to fix a lot of different things. There's, as Matt was saying earlier, one in seven, there's an awful lot of things to fix. They've got an awful lot of ways to go. And I do believe I'm right in the fact that every commitment or every signee that comes in from now on, somebody else still has to go out. I think they're right around 85 right now. So there's still going to be a reshaping of this football team. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of movement over the next two weeks. Doesn't it feel like that's where Arkansas is, though, the way that you're, the way that you're, you're talking about it? Like you, get, you, got a couple, you got some starters from other programs, uh, you know, Snacks and Al Walcott out of Baylor and, and uh, Jeff Cote out of Missouri. Um, as far as Power 5 goes. But it does feel like when, when Arkansas is bringing players out of the transfer portal, for the most part, it's group of five, or we've seen Division two players, you know, stepping into uh, tougher competition to see if they can hack it, and, and, and Arkansas giving them that chance to do it. Or it's Power 5 players or SEC players that aren't getting the playing time that they want, uh, and uh, or not being used the way that they'd like to be used. In the case of Drew Sanders, probably those guys aren't getting a ton of NIL, so maybe they get more if they get more playing time or they're in a starting role at Arkansas. That's where Arkansas is, but that's not where like Ole Miss is right now. doesn't feel like that's where Missouri is right now either, but I do feel like that's where Arkansas is as far as how they approach the portal. Yes. Yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Matt, the, the Mario Warp. You caught yourself. <laughs> 
Now, the, the, what's going to be interesting is uh, Courtney Crutchfield is visiting uh, um, Missouri this weekend. He's a guy that Arkansas really needs to get. It doesn't sound like he's going to sign until February. Uh, you know, I think that's big, uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, receiver coming in. But I'm telling you that uh, it is one thing to uh, – these days the philosophy is you have to reset your team every year. It's hard to do that, uh, but you have to do it. And we've got, uh, you know, one coach in the SEC flying all over the place, putting out the pictures on social media and having a ball, and that's Lane Kiffin. And, uh, you know, he's loving life right now, as he usually has, uh, you know, <laughs> for most of it. But uh, it is going to be so important between now and I want to say, uh, you know, Christmas for them to remold this team. And there's some out there, but they got to go get them. Dudley, who's your who's your NFL team? Are you uh are you buying this this Dak Prescott hype right now? I mean, is it can Dallas win it? Yeah, Dallas is my as my football team has been for sixty years. Same with the Cardinals on baseball and stuff. It's, uh, what, what's he basketball. doing right now? What, I mean, he's in he's in a purple patch right now, man. He's really playing well, and CD Lamb is just oh my goodness. Yeah, you know, and I think that really helps him. But I think his footwork uh, and his ability to, to go downfield. Now, they were, you know, at the first of the year, they were trying to, to baby step with him and with the West Coast offense. They've let him loose a little bit. C.D. Lamb and, and Braden Cook's coming along, I think, has helped. But here's the deal. Until last, uh, I think until last uh, Sunday night, then I, I was a little worried we were just beating up on, on teams that uh, we should beat up on. Now I feel pretty good. I think San Francisco's the best team in the uh, in the uh, you know in the NFL right now. But what I do hope is that the New York Giants and Tommy DeVito can somehow take out uh, Philadelphia in one of these last two games. Maybe Seattle can get them because Dallas will be much better at home than they will on the road. DeVito and his family and that agent just right out of Central Casting, Dudley. And the, yeah, the agent, the agent's, agent's great, man. The I mean, agent looks, great. he looks yeah. like a, he, he looks was, like a villain was, from Dick Tracy. He would, yeah, he was, no, he wasn't talking to anybody on the phone last night. You know, he was just, he was doing it for looks, I thought, on the well, sidelines. It was just as entertaining as the football game. And the game was absolutely, absolutely he, he reminded me of Christopher Montefalti, uh, <laughs> and the character he plays in Soprano. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift, selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices. Now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results 
Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey & Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Hog's got, uh, it's all about the, it's all about, I'm not allowed to say the, uh, the TP word. The That's word on zone. our verboten list. We, we've started a, a, a tax. Anytime anybody says the TP words. So you've got a whole verboten list. You know where we're going with it. How many times a show do you think you say the TP words now? We, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't say held a contest, but we just said, what's a different way we can use this? So we call it the he gone gateway. <laughs> I like that one. We won't use it because yeah. that's that's yours. No, you. Can, I don't get paid every time, so you can have. It. You can use. It. Speaking of uh, of the warp zone, I, I was Phil and I were talking earlier. I absolutely love what Oregon did getting that kid from Oklahoma. How do you see that fitting there? Well, Dylan Gabriel is a very accomplished lefty passing quarterback. Started he's a Hawaii kid. And started down there at UCF with Josh Heupel and then eventually transferred to Oklahoma, put up a bunch of yards there. And he's going to fit nicely now. They very well may get Dante Moore, former five-star of Detroit, who actually committed to them a little over a year ago on signing day, but didn't sign and ended up signing with UCLA. They may get him, too. Their quarterback room is going to be interesting. Uh, what do you do? You think Vandegrift will have success at Kentucky? Leaves Georgia uh, after backing up. I saw Kentucky just got a running back in from uh, Ohio State, a guy who was pretty productive. Yep. They do. Uh, Stoops does pretty well in the portal. In in the oh gosh, that's thirteen dollars <laughs> in the uh, in the in the he gone zone. Yeah, it's uh, Kentucky's doing well. They need to replenish some shortcomings. They have good young receivers. And I think he's he's also an athletic quarterback. He's going to be a little bit different. He's going to be able to run around some for them, too. More dual threat than they're used to. And they brought in a lot of, of good players, and they're getting a decent number of them. And I'll tell you who's just on the verge of just killing the portal, the, the Hegon gateway, is baby Kiff, Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin. This Juice Wells, who they brought in, is a dynamic playmaker when he's healthy. He hasn't committed yet, but they're probably getting him. And then Walter Nolan, who's the top-rated player, period, is visiting coming up, and he's from the North Mississippi-Memphis area, which you guys know is nothing to Ole Miss. They're going to be a player there. And Chris Paul's an all-SEC linebacker. I, I don't. I mean, I know he he, yeah. he didn't get all-SEC honors this year or whatever, but that kid is talented. Right. Bill, aside from being a, a program that's on the up-and-up, well, I shouldn't say on the up-and-up, I should just say that's playing well in Ole Miss, uh, that one feels like a program that their success in the he-gone zone has a lot to do with NIL, and it feels outsized compared to the athletics department um, what do you, what do you know about what what Ole Miss does with with NIL? Because it feels like it's a big deal there. They're not a recruiting ranking school, meaning you're not going to get real sexy recruiting rankings. Historically, that's not been, they get players, but I'm just talking about that real attractive ranking. And without this, they would probably be a seven and five type program, and maybe even zip under that occasionally. But Lane Kiffin is a dynamic recruiter and he has 
encouraged them and basically, I would say, behind the scenes, threatened would not be the right term, but said, mm-hmm. this is what it's going to cost for me and the program. And they're getting him the money. That They are getting him the money to get out there and fight the bigger boys. And, uh, heck, he's made nine-plus million a year and has got a pretty big war chest to play around with. Bill, what, what, what's your take on uh, on Taylor Green, the kid from Boise State? Uh, what, what do you know about him? You know, guys, I have not watched him much. I was thinking about this the other day when I was reading about it. I don't know much about his game. I need to I need to brush up there, but just I have not watched him enough to give you guys a good objective. I was thinking, uh, you know that kid at North Carolina State, Armstrong, the way he's been described to me, it yeah. kind of makes me think of somebody like that, but I'm, I'm with you. I haven't really the, seen the him word, play. The word that I hear, and I, I've watched a little bit of it, the word I think is raw, but also incredibly yeah. talented. Maybe like that kid at uh, the quarterback at Auburn, Thorne. You know, he's he's a tall, raw kid. You know, kind of kind of got right. a little talent. But also the sort of quarterback that you're like, all right, Bobby Petrino, go ahead and mold away, right? Well, yeah, Bob Petrino was a brilliant quarterback guy, and I like that. I, whoever he gets his hands on, I like. I think it'll work out. Yeah, that's that's about that's about the that's about track record is what it comes down to. Yeah. Who who yeah. else is who now now I know I knew you were going to bring up and I love how you call him Baby Kiff. But he there's a thing about Lane Kiffin that's different from any of the other coaches uh that are successful in the he gone zone or in any other way. It's 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 his activity on on Twitter and X or whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? He basically live tweeted his recruitment of Chris Paul without any without ever saying I'm going after this player <laughs> you know exactly what he's doing and he's kind of not that he's rubbing it in people's faces but just the fact that he's letting everybody know he's at the Fayetteville airport he's at the Pine Bluff airport he's here he's there you know who he's going after like that's what that's part of this it's the it's the brashness I know I know the Ole Miss fans love it everybody else is like God almighty I hate this yeah, I think you're right. You know what he is? Now, they're not the same personality, but back when Steve Spurrier was really cooking at Florida and he would, to the media, audio bites, video bites, he would take shit Tennessee, Florida State, Georgia. If Spurrier had social media and would use it, Spurrier would never use social media. But if he could, that's exactly what Lane Kiffin is right now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There's a... Uh... I, I I believe that. I see the similarities there. Yeah, both were quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, and Spurrier was not a go-getter recruiter. He was just in a spot that was phenomenal. And they could literally just take the boat, row it out, and the fish would jump in. He, he wasn't chasing people down like Lane Kiffin. But in the trolling department, they're very similar. Hey, hey speak, speaking of Florida, I know that, you know, that there's going to be an exodus from a program if they don't have a great season. And, and, you know, Napier's remaking the coaching staff. But losing ATN, the running back, and he played well against Arkansas. He's a really productive running back. That one feels like that could hurt them quite a bit. Couple that with George is probably the recipient of him. No way. Uh, yeah. So that's not getting cut. That's getting your wrist slashed, and then the next thing to do is go to your jugular. It's it's rough. And I I was talking about it earlier. I don't know if I put it out there on y'all show, but Billy Napier guys has about a twenty percent chance at best of making it past twenty four. Giving a second year Brian Harson vibes here in December, isn't it? 
I just, it's so stacked against him. It's not even funny. Bill, uh, right now, and you know, my mind might change by the time the game gets here, but right now I have Alabama beating Michigan and I have Washington beating Texas. Uh, who, Who do you have winning those two games? Who do you have playing for the national championship? Stylistically, they're they're obviously different games. I've got Alabama winning. It's going to be a twenty-four to twenty-one type game. It's not going to be real pointsy. Washington, Texas should be a shootout. That one gets on into the thirties, high thirties, perhaps. I've got Texas winning that game because I think they're well. Let me back up. They are better than Washington on defense. I think their defense will be more successful, even giving up thirty something than Washington's will. How do you view the bowl season? Not the playoff games, the bowl season. I've, I've always thought, especially since the opt-outs, uh, really only since the opt-outs became a thing, because they used to be the way you cap your season. Now I don't view it as a continuation of the season that just finished. I don't view it as a start on next year. I view the bowl games as some sort of weird, standalone thing upon itself that doesn't cap a season off and doesn't really tell you where you're going in the future either. Bowl games are exhibition matchups where nothing is riding on it other than maybe a particular team may be having pride and really want to play well. It does not predict the future if you look horrible or if you win handily. I've watched too many of these games. It does not connect up the next season. It is not a conduit to the next season. You can't tell your team in March, wow, that bowl game, we're we're rocking in September. Totally irrelevant. Total reset. The one thing that I can kind of grab onto with random bowl games, with opt-outs, is if I know the personnel in a lot of these teams I do, I love seeing the young guys who didn't get to play and to see what maybe they can provide someday in the future. I do look at that kind of stuff. Not that I take the bowl game and say that means two years from now what he's going to be, but I do want to see what they can flash. And that's about the only connection I have with a bowl game. Or if on Friday Brad Powers is with me and we bet a game, then I'll watch that one probably. Bill, who do you see uh, Jaden Daniels being at the next level? Is he kind of like an RG3? Is he a Lamar Jackson, Johnny Menzel? Like, do you think his game translates uh, to the NFL level? Yeah, he's going to be better than Johnny, and I love Johnny, but Johnny wasn't mature enough to continue forward. Oh, boy. He's not as athletic as Lamar Jackson. He's a better passer than Lamar Jackson, naturally. RG3, I think, is a reasonable expectation, and he needs to stay healthier than RG3 did. RG3 did, but I think that's a reasonable comparison there. I love his game. Like I told you guys, if I still voted, I would have voted for him. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.